Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. And please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd love to have you join us in person at 10 a.m. this Sunday at Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can also connect with us online at frbc.com. Thanks again for checking us out and enjoy the episode. We appreciate all of you who have said kind words to our family and have been praying for us this week. If you would continue to pray, um, our family, a lot of them left, went home yesterday, but some of them, Maddie and my sisters are still here. They're going to head home here in a little bit, but I do appreciate all the kind words. Our church family has been so kind to us in this time and in this season, so it, it has been a blessing. If you got your Bibles, Psalm 17, Psalm chapter 17, and when you get there, we'll be in verse 5. If you were, if you did see our family this week, you probably saw my mom and her twin sister, Angie. My mom and my twin sister, her twin sister, Angie, are complete opposites. My mom is very, keeps to herself, does not want to be the center of attention, and is very behind the scenes. And Angie is the other end of the spectrum, and she is go, go, go all the time, and everything is going to be the biggest that it can be. Since we moved, I grew up here in this church. We moved here when I was two, and we moved away when I was 13. So we grew up on the same street as Colin and Brooke, our cousins, so Angie's two children and we grew up on the same street we had a pool in our backyard they come over every day of the summer we'd swim we were all close all five of us were very close when we moved away in 2013 our moms sounds weird to say the moms but the moms decided that we were going to do a summer vacation every summer and we would go somewhere new so we would go we went up to Niagara Falls we'd go went up to Colorado one time each summer we would take a big family vacation and we would go somewhere to keep the cousins close on one of these vacations and to say vacation would probably be the wrong word to say when Aunt Angie plans something she doesn't plan a vacation she plans a trip so if we're going somewhere we're gonna do everything there is to do no matter how short the time is and by the end of it you're ready to go home so when we were on one of these trips not a vacation she planned a hike and to call it a hike it was more like a it wouldn't be a triathlon because there weren't three parts of it but it was a biathlon because we started in a canoe so we had to go we rented a canoe we didn't have canoes for eight people so we went and got canoes and strap it onto the car we took it to where we put in at and we canoe and you need to think a little up the stream now it was it was upstream on to begin with so you're already starting off tired we canoe i don't even know how long it was it was a good 45 minutes an hour before we got to where we were and that's when it just began so we got to the end of this part we're done canoeing we're all worn out we get here we tie the canoe to an island and we walk up and we start going down this trail now, there were many people who would do this show. It was a popular one. So there began to be ruts. And as people would get in the water and start to make these ruts, these ruts became very muddy. And so this whole trail after the kayak part of the biathlon would be just mud. And the ruts aren't just little ruts that you see, deer trails or whatever. It was really, I mean, I could stand in the rut and I could put my hands on the ground beside me because these people had walked through so many times. And all of it is just mud. By the time we got to where we were going, all of us, I mean, waist down, covered in mud. Everything that we had was dirty. We got to the end of this, and there was a waterfall at the end, and it was, it was worth it if you're all about waterfalls. So it was it's called the Secret Falls, and oh, it was beautiful, but we were definitely covered in mud. 
David here is in sort of the same situation. As we go through those ruts that were just completely mud, there were places where you would slip. You would think something was sure, set your foot on it, and you'd slide down to the bottom of that rut. All of us fell at one point on that trip. Verse number five in Psalm 17 says this, Hold up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God. Incline thine ear unto me, and hear my speech. Show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand, them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of thy eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. Dear Lord, I pray that you would bless us this morning. I pray that you would bless this time we have together. I pray that you would remind us that you are the one who keeps us, God, that you are the one who plants our feet on the solid rock, that you establish our goings, God. I thank you for the security that we have in you and the promises that we have in you. I pray that you bless the time together. In Jesus' name, amen. God wants you to stay on the path. And just like we were trying to stay on the path, that wasn't very obvious, that mud rut on that hike, there are a lot of things that you may think are pitfalls. And there are. You know, the Bible says that they're our enemy, the devil, is walking about as a roaring lion. And the devil is never as successful as when he convinces you that he doesn't exist. And so as we're going through life and as we're making decisions and as there are going to be pitfalls that Satan places in our way, we need to know that we have a sure step. We need to know that this next step that we're taking is on solid ground and that it's not on that mud that will slide away. There are three realizations we're going to make this morning in these verses. And the first one is verse number five. Hold up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. We need to realize that God is able to keep our steps. He is able to establish our goings. We said that Satan is walking about, seeking whom he may destroy. Life is uncertain, very uncertain for our family in this past week. There are going to be things in your life where pitfalls are obvious, things that are going to give an opportunity for our feet to slip. Man does not have it within himself to direct his steps. And that can be a very discouraging thing if you listen to the world's philosophy, that you have to look inward and you have to muster up the courage and you have to make the right decision. But according to the Bible, we don't have to do that. Jeremiah 10, 23 says this, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. You're not going to be able to dig deep enough within yourself to find the courage, to find the wisdom to make the right decision that your feet aren't going to slip. So we need to look outward. We really don't need to look outward. We need to look upward because God is the one who is able to uphold our goings. Psalm 119 says this, Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. We need to be keeping the things that God has put. And if we are living our life and basing our decisions on the things that God has given us, those are a firm foundation. In our fourth through sixth grade class on Wednesday nights, I'm telling you, I'm a children's pastor. I'm just going to bring all the children's stuff over to here. And sometime, if I keep coming back, we're going to start bringing candy and games. I'll bring the spinning wheel. It'll be a good time. 
We've been talking about the Bible being our foundation. And with our changing world politically, culturally, everything that's going on, there are a lot of things, and really everything in this world is unsure, and it's changing, and it's a cracking foundation. But God's word is a foundation that is not going to change. And if we let God teach us these statutes, like we read in Psalm 119, if God teaches us these statutes and we get these things from the word of God, those are the things that aren't going to change, that aren't going to crack. My uncle from Texas, he was telling me about this, which I didn't really realize, is that in Texas you have to water your foundation. They have sprinkler systems that will water the ground around their foundation because it's so dry that the foundations will crack. He says it's, a, it's kind of an art because you can't get it too wet and you can't, get it too, you can't let it get too dry. The foundation is important. If the foundations crack, if the foundation warps, then the house loses a lot of value. It's not on something sturdy. We need to be placing our faith, making our decisions based on the Lord because he is able to keep our steps. The second realization, the first is that he is able. The second realization is that he will hear. We need to realize that God will hear us. Isn't that a great promise? that God has promised to hear us. Verse number six says, I have called upon thee, for thou will hear me, O God. Incline thine ear unto me and hear my speech. How many of you have a sibling? And if you were, if you were the older sibling or the younger sibling, you can go back and forth on who would have done this, but sticking their hands in their ears and saying, la, 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 I can't hear you, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. That's not what we have with God. God is wanting us to have a relationship with him. He is ever listening to what our requests are and what we have to say. David, here, running from Saul on the run, he had a very present enemy and a very present time when he could have slipped and fallen. Us, we don't, hopefully we don't have anyone chasing us, trying to kill us, but there are situations in our life that we feel persecuted, that we feel chased after. God wants to hear what you're struggling with. Like we talked about last week with patience, that God places these things in our life so that we can grow. And if we don't grow through it, we're missing the opportunity that God has placed. James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. We need to be like David in this passage where the whole book of Psalms is him talking to God and God taking him through all of these trials that he would go through. As he ran for years from Saul, he would continue to pray and God would continue to deliver and God would continue to place his steps so that whenever something went wrong, David knew that it wasn't that he made the wrong decision and that he had slipped and fallen. But if something went wrong when he had made the decision that God wanted him to make, that God had allowed this to happen that God had allowed this trial, because that is the place that we as Christians need to be, that when something comes our way and something that we wouldn't have chosen happen, it's not because I was out on my own and I was making my own decisions far from God and then I fell, because when we fall out of God's will, that is on us, and that is our repercussions for our actions. But if we are placing our decisions on God, we're using God's word as our firm foundation when something does come Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. When those things inevitably do come, but we are placing our decisions on God, that's when we can be like David. And we can say, God, you allowed this to come, and you're going to bring me through this. 
in that first chapter of James, it says this, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven of the wind and tossed. Let him ask of God. Anytime a trial comes in our life, God allowed it to happen. And so if we are going to throw a pity party and we are going to turn inward and think woe is me and not reach out to God and not let God teach us what he wants to teach us in those times, we're missing the whole point of why God allowed that to happen. God wants us to grow closer to him through those trials. This realization that God will hear us is this action in verse number six there is the only verse we're going to look at today where the responsibility is placed on us. The ones that we'll come to here in a second are things that God will do for us. This is our responsibility. It's our responsibility to call unto God. God has made promises that he will keep us, that he's able to keep us and able to establish our steps. But it's up to us to reach out to him. It's a much easier conversation whenever something does come in our path to say, Lord, it's me again, and I, I have something on my heart. That's a much easier conversation to say, Lord, I know it's been a long time, but I have something that is troubling me. Now, God will still listen, and God has open arms to all that come to him. But isn't it a comforting thing when we know the trials that are going to come in our life, God allowed, and that God is going to bring us through. God is listening for us to call out to him. He's a loving father who wants to help us through this and wants us to grow, but we have to let him in. We have to ask him to help us. The final realization that we need to make about God is that he's able, that he hears us when we call into him, and then verse 7 and 8, he realizes that he is the one who will keep us on the path. Our faith in God is well-placed. It talks about his right hand that saves us. Show, thou, show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest with thy right hand. That right hand being God's strength. God doesn't need any help. God doesn't need any support. His power is sufficient to keep us, to place our steps where they need to go. Them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. If God be for us, who can be against us? There's nothing that the devil can throw in your way that God isn't able to take you through. But as soon as we turn inward or we look outward to someone else for their guidance, for their counsel, and we think that we can muster up the strength or the knowledge to make the right decision, as soon as we do that, we're going to be placing our foot on a muddy rut that's going to slip and fall, and we're going to be right back where we were. It is God who is able to place our feet. God keeps us. Last week we talked about the process that started at salvation. When we get saved, we received all the benefits of salvation and we grow in that and that's how we are kept. God keeps us in those things and we grow in those things. 1 Peter 1 says this, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, Ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. 
That salvation is there, and we will be in glory one day, but right now, manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, in the, in the Proverbs where it talks about the silver being tried through the fire and those impurities are coming out, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Kept by the power of God. It's nothing that we can muster up. The salvation that we have is not a salvation from ourselves. It is of God. And so if God saved us, he's promised to keep us through, ever, through whatever the trials would be. Through faith. It started at salvation. Ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in the heaviness through manifold temptations. This life can be heavy, can it? Our family this past week has had a heavy week. I know everyone in this room has had heavy seasons in their life where the weight of life is very real. God has promised to keep us, to make us sure through those seasons. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, there's the heaviness of life, but then there's also the trying fire of life. If there's stressful situations with your relationships, with regrets, with pressure that is placed on you, there are things in this life that are going to try you. But God is faithful, and God wants to keep us. And then as we go through this situation where we have all this pressure on us, but as we cast our cares upon God, because he cares for us, and he places our feet where they need to go, and then we know that whatever situation we're in, God has ordained and that God will bring us through. It shows us how much we need him, and it shows us how good he is. Might be found at the appearing of Jesus. I'm going to go back and read this because it is so, so good. Whom having not seen, ye love. We haven't seen Jesus, but we love him. In whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Through a trial, the only reason you're going to have joy is if you keep your eyes on Jesus. Jesus is the only thing in this world, through a trial or on a mountaintop, that is worthy of that glory and of that honor. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. How many times have you heard of the scriptures that Paul wrote and he was in prison? How can someone be joyous through those trials? Read the book of Philippians. Joy through trials is an oxymoron, but it's something that can happen as we have our eyes on Jesus. Having not seen me, we must walk by faith because sight isn't there. We know that this Christian life is started by faith and it's going to be continued in faith. We don't see with our eyes, but we believe with the faith that God has given us. For now, we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. One of these days, all the, the doubts that you may have, the faith that we have will be made sight. And we won't have to wonder, but now we continue in that faith that God has given us. 
And when we get to heaven, we'll look back and we'll know that all things work together for good to them that love God. That was one of those absolute statements that we talked about last week. There's no exceptions to that. Whatever situation you're thinking in your mind right now of a trial or a heavy season that God has allowed in your heart in the past or currently, whatever that is, God will work it for your good and for his glory. And I don't know how he's going to do that. I don't know how he does that in my life, but I know that God does not lie. And I know that God would not allow something that he could not work for our good and for his glory. So what we need to do is in that faith that we have in Jesus for salvation, we need to continue in that and say, God, I don't really see how you're using this, but I believe that you are. And one day that faith will be made sight. We won't be looking through that darkened glass. We won't, we'll get out the Windex and squeegee and we'll squeegee it off and we'll say, God, I see how you did it. And that's when we give the praise and the glory back to God because he was telling us the truth. Show thy marvelous loving kindness. Those are two really big words to describe something even bigger. The freeness and fullness of God's love. Something that we've barely scratched the surface on with salvation and with sanctification as we live on this earth. God's goodness, we're really going to spend the rest of eternity realizing. But we can look forward in faith and see that God has not ruined his character yet, and he has promised more than we could ever imagine in his word, so I'm going to trust and I'm going to have faith that the more I look into the, the more I grow in this relationship with God, the more I'm going to realize how good he is, keeping us as the apple of his eye. That baffles me that God would call us sons and that he would make us heirs to his son, Jesus. It's not something we deserve. It's not something that God should really even do. But for some reason, he loved us that much to give us that position. And so God is not going to let his son, he's not going to let his daughter go through something for nothing. Whatever the trial is, whatever the heavy season in your life is, God is going to work it for your good. He's going to place your feet on the solid ground. He's not going to let you step on that mudslide. He's going to place you where you need to be. And then finally, he talks about keeping us under the shadow of his wings. He talks in another passage where, as a mother hen would spread her wings over her chicks. God talks about protecting Israel that way, and he talks about protecting us the same way. God's shield of protection is around us, that he wouldn't let anything in that he wasn't able to deliver us through. And so that's the promise that we have this week. Are we trusting in God to keep our steps? We've had three realizations, that God is able to keep us, that he will hear us as we call out to him, and that he will keep us on the path. God is able to deliver us from any circumstances. He is an almighty God who has never lost a battle, he is overly qualified for any problem you may be facing. God will hear us when we pray. Are we praying? Because God is listening. God will save those who trust in him, give it to God, and allow him to do the work. This is a sweet assurance that we have under the protection of God. I want you to join me this week and put these realizations into practice. 
we serve a God who is more capable than we could ever imagine. God is able to deliver us through whatever the situation we're in. But it's up to us to call out to him and to let him do the work that he wants to in our life and to grow our faith the way he wants to. Let's not let these trials be seasons of misery that have no fruit. Let's come through the fire on the other side and see how God used it for good and how God grew us closer to him through that season. And then finally, let's let God do the work he wants to do. Place us on the path, put our feet where they need to go so that we can get closer to him with each step. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for all that you've done. Well, thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. Remember to take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and tell others about this content. Remember, we would love to have you be our guest in person this Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can connect with us online at frbc.com and we look forward to seeing you again soon.